Welcome to the Ascend Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Chris Hopper. And I'm Dan Harrison. Each week we delve deep with some of the brightest and most forward-thinking, out-of-the-box minds in health, consciousness, mindset, and spirituality. This show inspires our listeners to improve their body and mind, and our intention is to fuse and unlock the conscious warrior and shift the balance in the current paradigm. Hey, what's up everyone? In this episode of the Send Podcast, we're joined by human performance junkie, Brian McKenzie. This was really a powerful conversation. We really covered some really great stuff in this podcast. However, each week, we'll have very deep conversations with all different types of people, from the Iceman Wim Hof, inspirational motivational speaker Prince Ear, UFC fighter Carlos Condit, to Stephen Key Hayes, who spent 10 years being the bodyguard of the Dalai Lama. But in this episode... Brian has spent many years figuring out the best possible ways to tap into the body and mind's potential. Brian is a really interesting guy and his knuckles spell out the word, unscared across eight of his fingers. And in my opinion, he's really pushing the boundaries in the world of human performance, using loads of different cool methods and techniques to get the best out of the body and mind. He's also had an incredible journey along the way and created a foolproof way of understanding and analysing failure for us to grow. He understands the teachings of failures and that the overall failure is life and life is growth. But at the end of it, if we have learned the lessons, then we can have an incredible life. This episode will reach out the heart of anyone who's ever failed at anything in life and know that if you still have the desire and effort and still keep pushing forward and have the guts just to attempt something, then you haven't failed. Before we jump with this podcast, also please don't forget to leave a review of the podcast and just let us know what you think. And why not even tell a friend about the podcast as well? And even if you don't think some of your friends are interested in these type of conversations and deep topics, it's still worth giving it a try and tell them about these things because you never know, they might also be on the same journey and thinking that they're alone on the journey of educating themselves and thinking out the box, but they may be thinking the same thing about you. So you never know. So reach out to a friend and tell them about the podcast and it might just change your life and also someone else's life. So without further ado, Brian McKenzie. Welcome to the podcast and um, thank you for joining us. Not a problem. Yeah, and I know we're going to cover some powerful stuff, so um, just hopefully we can get like some cool information for our listeners and dig into your thoughts really as well and Dig into some true components of health and the body and mind. Yeah, of course, yeah. So I think a beautiful way to start this, Brian, is by asking one of the biggest questions we ever ask ourselves in our life, yeah. which is who we really are. So who is who is Brian McKenzie? That's funny. I uh, So I was, do you, guys, you guys obviously, you probably know who Wim Hof is. Um, yeah, yeah. So I we actually had him on our podcast as well. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. Oh, excellent. Great. Excellent. Great episode. Yeah, so he's become quite, quite, he's become a pretty good friend, and uh, we're working with him now, and, and I was at his cor- his advanced course in the United States, uh, the, the, the first one so far they did. At any rate, I, I gave a presentation at the end of it on performance and breathing, what we've started to figure out and all this stuff, and, and um, I'd say maybe half the people there knew who I was, and then the other half had no idea which just no big deal. But a guy stuck his hand up about three quarters of the way through the presentation. He's like, who are you? <laughs> and, uh, and I brought a friend of mine and she's a yogi from a studio. And she's like, she reminded me, she's like, you just need to say you're awake. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it, I, I, I don't want to say that I'm, I'm necessarily awake. Uh, I, I'm awakening. I can say that. Um, I, but I'm, I, you know, by, by trade, I, I'm a, I'm a human performance junkie. I've kind, I've kind of my entire life been somebody who's been in the research and development deal um, where I, I, I tested things, uh, I challenged things, um, whether it was skateboarding or it was BMX, you know, riding my bike, um, or it was, um, you know, building tree forts or, you know, doing whatever. It, it didn't matter. I was always testing things and doing things and you know, doing things I actually was told I, I shouldn't be doing or I'm not allowed to do. Um, when I grew up, skateboarding was a crime. 
Um, you know, it, it, all these things. At any rate, it, 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 it's, it's no different than what it is I do now, except I'm doing it in a, in a, at a level that it's, you know, it's just like, hey, I'm looking at human performance or what it is people are doing, and we're trying to uncover a lot of things. And, and, it's a, and it is a big question because it's like where, where I'm arriving, where, where, what, from the background that I've taught with, with whether it's movement or, or performance, it, it's been from a level of consciousness and, and what we can get an athlete to understand. And unfortunately, most athletes, including myself at a time, were, are, are very shut off to wanting to be conscious or be awake or, or feel what's actually happening. Um, good friend of mine, Kelly Starrett, uh, and his wife, Juliet, um, he just told me she went to Beyonce the other night and she literally got home at one o'clock in the morning and she was just a fucking mess the next day. And I was like, good. She feels she, he's like, she's on the Brian McKenzie lifestyle now. Like she goes to a concert and can't stay out late. And, and I'm like, yeah, she feels she's not in this state of not feeling this shit anymore where you can get away and start living this lifestyle where you don't feel anything and you're not, you're not aware of what's going on. And regardless of going going to a concert or whatever it's you're still aware of what that you can't repeat that stuff all the time and 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 that's largely what we've been trying to do with a lot of the athletes is to be a little bit more aware of what it is they can actually be better at and and that takes consciousness and that takes being aware yeah definitely i liked how you said um before when you said consciousness uh, uh, conscious of working out because i think sometimes when people lift a barbell or they do a pull-up or they do some form of movement that actually don't actually like it, they don't realize that it's actually more than just doing that. It's like actually a conscious like process, and it's a mindful. It's a big mindful process as well. Yes, yeah. It's no different than being a yogi and understanding the positions you're getting into with yoga, and it's you know there, there's absolutely no difference. And the fact that we try and make differences out of it is what is the problem. You know, and it's like that yeah. that's we're not looking at the connections. We're not looking at the similarities between a lot of these things. And, you know, if you're going to be conscious of the words that come out of your mouth or the thoughts that, you know, your your actions and how you behave, why wouldn't you do that with movement? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Brian, I know before as well, you, you touched, you said Wim Hof, but I think like in life, we all have like different influences in our life that like really push us to become something like great, whether it's like family, a mentor or a friend. I was wondering, like, is there anyone else who's, like, inspired you to become something more? Oh, so many people. So, everybody in my life. Um, for my wife, um, you know, who, who's a, you know, she, she, she was a multiple-time NC2A champion. She was a multiple-time world champion, two-time oh. Olympic gold medalist. Um, you know, and, and it's like she, she understood the process of committing to something and, and giving it everything she had. And, you know, um, people like Laird Hamilton, who are in my life, um, you know, there's, you know, I, I had, I've had people, I've had mentors throughout my life that like nobody would even know, you know, that they're just people who little, literally open, like gave themselves in a manner to kind of get me just realize more about myself or start to peel that onion, you know, and, and, yeah. um, you know, there, there, there's so many people, it, it, it's really hard to, you know, just, just pinpoint a few of them. Um, there are very, very, there were a lot of influencers, a lot of people. Um, but I, you know, I think even Kelly Starrett, who's one of my closest friends, um, he and I have been able to have a relationship to where we've stayed in the same, like we, we've kept the relationship what it is, but we've learned from each other in such a manner that I, I just don't know how many people are, have relationships like that with, with peers that they work with and, and the ability to get on a phone call and discuss things and talk about them and, and extrapolate them and make more sense of them or make less sense of them um, or figure out something that doesn't work and challenge something or be wrong about something. And, you know, all of that is so important. And, and more or less, those are what people in my life all have in common is they're teaching me something. Whether, whether it's, you know, I mean, I'm driving with, uh, with a good friend of mine who's actually wor- works with me. Um, who, who has taught me a ton about, you know, just business and understanding things. And, and, and it's, yeah. you know, and even like, uh, you know, just th- there's just so many places and things that we can do and understand. And it's if you're willing to be aware or awake enough to see that, it's everywhere. 
Yeah, I like I like that because I think there is like we have so many influences in life, and I think it's so hard just to pinpoint that one as well. But I like I like that. But um, Brian, I was wondering like, was there maybe anything that like started this shift in your life, like start like to start educating yourself and training your body and mind? One hundred percent. You know, there uh, I, I I picked up on stuff early on when I was I, I played water polo and I was a swimmer, and I and I picked up very early on that I had a coach in high school who started kind of. He, he he recruited me and he recruited several other athletes at a very, very uh, young age. And he didn't, it wasn't that he was recruiting. He was setting it up so that we were playing together before we actually got to high school for a few years. And so he had, developed, he had created what was a developmental team with another coach to start a process of creating a team. Um, and, you know, and that, that guy's name was Jim Brum, but that, that – spun off and that became more, um, you know, and, and there were other people and there were other things that, that started to occur after that. But I, I think ultimately I, I was basically what I call, I was on the nine year plan for college and mm-hmm. I, I spent nine years in college off and on. And that's why I call it the nine year plan because I literally couldn't figure out what it was I wanted to do. I could pass classes I could do this. I could do that. I started taking general ed. Then I started taking classes I thought I might like. Then I started, you know, then I got rid of those. And then I, you know, whatever, I fell off. And then I came back. And when I ran into, I, I took an exercise science class towards the last two years of where, where I was really in school and, or traditional school. And I started getting straight A's. Everything I was taking, kinesiology, exercise science, and, um, you know, just all the nutrition, all these things. But I also found out that what I started to do is I started to create answers to questions that were basically being dictated by a system and that weren't necessarily true or that weren't necessarily a part of the reality of what I was actually learning outside of that. And that was that was inevitably me questioning the system again and saying, what am I what what am I trying to get out of this and what am I trying to do? with I, mm-hmm. it's not that I don't think education isn't a very important process but that was yeah. for me the time to exit um, and, and and I you know I mean I became I, I was uh, a physical therapy assistant I, I, I volunteered in adaptive physical education classes I, I mean I, I spent years doing a lot of grunt work and things and learning from higher higher much higher educated people before I actually was maneuvering my way through human performance and training people and then ended up getting certifications and finding the same thing through that process. Like I was just answering questions to answer questions. And, and I really largely think that the educational system is, is a terrible, terrible um, way of getting something out of somebody and, and getting yeah, exactly. somebody to learn. And that, yeah, that was I, the beginning of it. Yeah, Brian, Brian, I agree. I think it's, it really limits someone's potential. It doesn't actually show someone a purpose. It actually tells them... A subject. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. This is what you learn. This you don't it. learn. Yeah. It's, it's, you don't learn yourself. That's the be- That's the crazier part of it. You're not learning who you are. You're learning what a system is. Yep. That's scary. Yeah, and it, you know, you're learning what dogma is. <laughs> I mean, you're learning how yeah. uh, how the, and and why the system and why they why they fight when somebody like me comes out and you know I created some I did I, I created a program with endurance training and it was counter to everything that everybody had really learned with endurance. Like you just need to go put out miles versus doing high quality work or developing skill level and, and adding strength and conditioning and everybody fought it. And now the mainstay, you know, there are so many people in the endurance world that are now following exactly the same thing we created because it actually does work. And it's not the only way there are several ways up the mountain and you choose your path. Um, yeah. you know, we just gave another option and, and, and the, the general consensus was, is that, you know, the, the, the higher, I mean, I used to get things like, what degrees do you even have? And it's like, really, do you want to talk about physiology? Cause we can talk about it. I'll just probably dumb it down. So everybody else can, can, can understand it where you're yeah. going to complicate the shit out of it. So only you can understand it. Yeah. That happens in a lot of subjects as well. Like, like when you talk to anyone about money, they go into like a, a complex plan about a system of life, of life about money, and it's like, no, money is just an object yep. on how to actually achieve something. Yep. Like you use money to get fed. Yes. 
Yeah, and m- money's just going to be m- money and power are only reflections of who you are on a larger scale. So you know, it's just if you're a shitty person and you make a lot of money, you're going to be a shittier person. <laughs> like that is that is by and large what is going to happen. If you're a great person, you're going to become a great human being. Definitely, Brian. I love your Twitter name. I am unscared. <laughs> yeah, it really is a powerful name, and it reminds me that being scared and not embracing fear is a real mind blocker from anyone wanting to achieve something. Yep. Yep. That is uh, that. That is the truth. And you know, it's not that fear doesn't exist. Fear's always going to exist. You know, I've always kind of, I, 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 that 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 no fear concept that came out years ago. Uh, you know, like I think in the nineties. Uh, you know, it was just like I was like, there, there's no such thing as no fear. If we didn't have fear, we'd die. Like literally, you you would walk across the street without even thinking about it when cars are driving by at forty, fifty miles an hour, hundred kilometers an hour. You know, you wouldn't even think about it, and bam, you'd be dead. You know, yeah. so you actually need fear in your life for a lot of things. It's just understanding how fear works. And, yeah. you know, I think that's really important how in what we started to understand very early on with with a lot of the, you know, stuff within the fitness world or even, you know, like uh, endurance or, or, or weightlifting or whatever. And it's like people have these fears of these things. And it's like you don't need to you don't need to let that dictate why you don't get involved in something. You need to embrace embrace it for what it is, and and allow that to guide you to understand it at a deeper level. Yeah, Brian, I think like being scared is a human trait, which gives us this sense of flight or fight. Yep. I think I think though, like being scared gives us a huge understanding into our character as a human being. Yes. Like, are we are we going to embrace this fear? Or are we going to face everything and rise? Or will we give in to the fear and forget everything and run? Yeah. So it's interesting you bring that up because we were actually teaching, we were actually talking about this this weekend. And when you do the Wim Hof breathing, you're you're doing some things that allow you to raise oxygen levels, lower CO2 levels. You get the system alkaline, and what happens is you get into this, you can get in this deeper meditative state. And the reason it be, you're getting into a deeper meditative state is because you're literally shutting off that logical mind. You know, you're shutting off the thinking, the overthinking, the the OCD behavior, the ADD behavior, the things that, you know, all of us tend to have. But where we're unable to make these, you know, rational decisions where if we actually are, you know, really afraid of something like let's just take fear of heights. And it's something that somebody really doesn't they're letting their mind overthink something that actually isn't really real. Right. Versus there is there is a reality to being up high, and yes, if you were to fall, you'd probably hurt yourself or die, but at some point, you're going to have to deal with this to a large degree, and you can't let it cripple you and not live, right? Well, so what we're doing with that breathing, what we're doing with these things is we're shutting down that logical side of the brain, and we're getting back into that, 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 that real, that really that reptilian part of our brain where it's like that flight or fight place. And, and you're getting these dump of these hormones that happen within the mammalian brain where all the memories and everything are triggered and, and you've got these hormones that are happening. And w- the reason it's so important that we're doing things like this, and even in meditation or even cold immersion or heat immersion and things like this, is we're getting these responses, but we're learning how to cope with them on a realistic level versus an unrealistic level, which is what we do in society. It's like getting into traffic and getting pissed off, like we're sitting in traffic yeah, right yeah. now. And me getting pissed off, I'm allowing that reaction, that stress to dump hormones in, and I'm letting my logical brain get really fixated on the fucking the, the, the shitty things about it versus just being realistic. There's nothing I can do about it. Like, So what's there to be upset about? Let this ha- yeah. response happen so that it's actually something that's real. That when, when I actually do need to have it happen, I can deal with that those stressors or the hormones that are being dumped into the system, and I know how to react. Yeah, I like that. That keeps you calm in every situation as well. One hundred percent, and that 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 is so important for athletes in general, or even in, in fitness. Is is like you you overthink a situation, and it's like yeah, you just stress you overstress yourself out. You did you know we all we've all heard about the adrenaline dump. 
you know, somebody goes out too hard, too fast and too soon. And then boom, they hit a wall soon. You know, they're two or three minutes into a, you know, a workout or a race or something. And it's like, oh yeah, that all wore off versus being able to control something like that and be aware and be in that situation. Yeah. I also think as well, like, uh, being scared, Brian, being scared of anything really, like, like you said before, like stuff like losing someone, going for that dream job, scared of failure. Like when we really break it down into its smallest component, what it is is just going beyond comfort. Yep. It's like getting out of that comfort zone. Yep. And in this comfort zone, we have our place of rest, our safety, our simplicity, our happiness. Like being scared is when our when one of our comforts are in danger. So, Brian, do you think it, that it's actually our comfort zone that is our biggest danger to our growth? I think that's, you know, yes, I think that that is largely what our problem is. And that kind of falls in line with, you know, one of the things that you guys brought up, technology and stuff. And I, and I think technology is great um, to, 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 to some degree, but it's also creating a comfort level. And, 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 a conven- and, a, and a level of convenience. And it's not that I think we need to be going out and hunting and growing our own food and doing that. I think we need to be just creating more conscientious or conscious things as a, as a society, as, as a whole, as a race, in order to deal with things like that, right? Where we're not yeah. losing that connection to nature because that, that is, I think, the most important part. And nature plays no role in comfort. Nature will allow you to be comfortable, but it'll never allow you to not be uncomfortable. And, you know, the situations arise all the time, whether it's foul weather, whether it's a hurricane, whether it's the ocean, whether it's, you know, a mountain, you know, it doesn't matter. Like we're just losing our connection to nature. And, and, and that connection is so, so important for people and people just want to be comfortable. They want to. They want to be able to, you know, not do anything, and that's not how we were designed. We we get better the more stimulus we get, we, we create. You know, um, you know, Laird, Laird Hamilton's a prime example of this. I mean, it's like the guy can literally navigate water and sees things in the ocean and, and and deals with. It's not that he's not afraid when he goes out into these, you know, you know, sixty, eighty, hundred foot waves. It's that he knows what that situation is, and he's been out there enough to understand how what moving water does, and if he actually gets into a shitty situation, how to navigate out of that and not freak out and be able to deal with something like that versus the rest of us. You know, there's a great book out there by a guy, a guy by the name of Lawrence Gonzalez called Deep Survival, and it talks about things just like this, where where people who are seasoned hunters go out and they make a kill and they get lost somehow and they think because they know so much and they've been hunters and they've done all this stuff that they can just walk themselves out and they literally end up dying out there and it's because their their ego got in the way of what was really the reality of it and it's like stay centered find a place you can always come back to and let help come for you by going out and coming back to the same place that you're staying at. You know, you know, and there's all, a bunch of different scenarios and how to survive and do things, but he gave a, a, a tremendous amount of information on survival tips and who survives and who does not. And it literally comes down to this entire concept of being comfort, being comfortable or not being comfortable. Yeah. I like how you said that because I think like people always assume that comfort always like, always assume that comfort is happiness but it's not like like growth is constant is, is is met when you constantly like meet daily challenges that's when the real growth comes that's what i'm trying to say yes oh 100 percent. And, and and lo and behold there's a physiological adaptation to that and that's where the comfort lies and then it's okay now, now it's time to stress the system again now it's time to show that the system that there's that there, there's another level it can go to and this is where people as human you know we as human beings start to look from the outside and go, oh, this guy's this guy's a freak, or this 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 woman's an absolute hero. Like she she they do things nobody else could ever do, and it's like, no, that's yeah. not true at all. You you actually are capable of doing the exact same thing. You just aren't making the decision to do that, and and you're and, and you're vicariously living through a situation that somebody else is doing, and and. You, you, it's like being a fan of, of, of football, like like the fanatical 
fans of things. Like that's one of my worst nightmares is people who like, I can't be around people who are fanatical um, yeah. or, or, or people who celebritize celebrities. Like it's like this yeah. big thing, that, like this select and it's like, dude, they're human beings. They're just highly creative people or they're, ve- they're very good at what they do. And it's like, yeah, it's great. But to, to, to become fanatical about that is yeah. just, you're, you've missed what it's like to be a human being. I think as well, people form their identity around that as well. Yeah. Like people, people will be watching like a football game and they'll be like, oh, just lost. And then they'll be depressed for the full week. But they've actually only just been sitting in front of the couch watching the game. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it's something similar, like as well, um, it's like a long time ago, like um, when religion was like a huge input, many people formed their own identity on a religion. Yeah. And like... They still do it a lot of people these days because they have such a strong belief in something. Yeah. But this belief is not in themselves. It's in an external object. Say, is in like the church, or it's in a celebrity, a football team, or a football team. Whatever it is, it's an external object, and it's not within you. Yeah. Well, it is within you, but it's not a part of who you are. You think it is, but it's not. Do you guys know who Bill Hicks is? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your 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 beliefs are just that. They're not real. Yeah. You know, it's how you were taught or raised. And the fact is, is people do not like that statement who think that their beliefs are real. And, and they take and, and religion for, for that matter is a belief system. So it's not real. It, it's literally a fairy tale to a large degree, but it's a great fairy tale if used wisely. Right. It, it's like yeah. sport. It's like CrossFit. It's like I see this stuff. I've seen the emergence of all this stuff. It's yoga. Like like look at Bikram yoga. I mean, what a downfall that became when it's like, yeah, you know, I mean, it's like I, I've just created a system, a dogmatic approach to doing something. You can't yeah. stray outside the lines. And it's like, who, what? I mean, there's a great, yeah. there's another great book out there called The Biology of Belief. And it's, and yeah. it's how yeah. belief actually works from your biology. And, and it's great. And it's not that your beliefs aren't important. It's just they're not real. And just understand that. Yeah, that's that's as well. That's how sort of the Wim Hof method ties into that book as oh, well. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, it's a brilliant concept. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I think as well, like uh, something else I want to touch on is um, is like failure, and like how a lot of people don't really understand how to use failure to their own development. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah. It's it's a you know, people think that everything like from the and this kind of goes back to that whole fanatical thing and it's like they think that there's just people who are just successful at everything they do that has nothing to do with success success isn't a money thing you know jim carrey had a great quote my wife just told me about the actor um about he he wishes every human being could be rich and famous so that they can see that it doesn't provide happiness yeah, yeah. You know, um, it, it's a phenomenal thing to say for a guy like that or any human being that gets into that position. But it's also what, 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 what's better than that is when a human being who isn't rich and famous realizes that. And, and, and failure is the ability to understand that there's, a, there's another way. That's science is failure. Literally. Yeah. Science, which is what should guide us in everything, is failure. And literally, it, it, like you could have, like so we under we used to think the world was flat. Then we understood it was round. <laughs> then we understood yeah. we weren't the center of the universe. Then we understood, you know, it, and it just keeps going. And this is what we understand now. But we yeah. this this isn't the truth. This is just what someone, we understand right now. And this is going to be failure here soon. And, yeah, it could be it could be someone else as well. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's, I, I didn't develop something. You know, I, nothing I've done. I, I, it, it has, has really been about, you know, hey, this is the only way or you've got to do it like this. It's like people wanted information, so we gave them the information. It's like, here's what we found work. There's probably going to be better ways, but there wasn't a seminar I never, I ever taught or I, there are people that I've ever taught that, or, or I go and speak at where I'm not like, do not let this become dogmatic. Don't think that this yeah. is just the only approach. I need you to go and challenge the ideas and find better ways and do things and, 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 and push this further. Like it's not about me. It's not about my program. It's about you and your life and what you're doing for you. And and you're going to hit walls and you need to be okay with that. You need to be okay with the fact that you're not going to win everything. You're not going to do well at everything. 
Yeah, I like I like that. It's all about just chasing the status quo, in my opinion. I really like that. But Brian, that actually brings me on to something I want to mention to you as well. Um, was actually your Instagram because I love your Instagram, and um, the first thing you have up is the failure game. Yeah. Like, what is the failure game? The failure game is life, man. Yeah, I love it. Love it. <laughs> I I could put life up there, but then everybody would just be like, "What is life?" <laughs> now it's like it's failure game, and it's like, "Oh wow, like what is that? Like, what's he talking about here?" And 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 and, yeah. and it's just that's what business is. That's what work is. I mean that that's that's what uh, you know training is. I mean you train to do something. You train to fail at it. Like we we have a theory about training. Training is for training positions. It's not for training points. If you're training for points, you're competing. And if you're always competing or you're trying to get you're you're trying to win points every single time, you're never going to understand what. you're never going to really get to that place of understanding where we're really trying to get. And so when we're training for position, it's we train until we can no longer hold the position. But are you even aware enough of what that position is? Because if you're not aware of what the position is, then that's where we're going to have the problems. You're just not conscious enough to to, to be doing what it is you want to be doing, which is why I've seen so many athletes' careers ended and regardless of sport, you know, is it comes down to an injury. An injury is no more than a movement fault. And it can be expressed through volume, intensity, or load. And you're going to figure out that fault sooner or later. Yeah. I know as well, Brian, before you touched a bit on this before, but I want to break it down a little bit further. Like, why do you think, like, failure plays, like, such an important role in the development of, like, who we are? Ego, man. Ego. Yeah. Fucking Ego. Like, and, and don't, don't, I mean, I, my ego still runs rampant, you know, and I have to check it all the time. And, and if I don't, my wife will, uh, and yeah. that, that is a fact. And it's a good thing. And I don't say that just because, you know, men like to say that I, I truly respect my wife. I truly think she is a, a very high level human being. And I think she sees things at a level that, that is very difficult for her to explain to other people because it's just at such a higher level. And so, uh, you know, it, it becomes a process in understanding that, you know, is your partner here to help you or is your partner here to, you know, not, not have you grow? And that failure thing is nothing more than ego and being okay with fucking not being the fucking man. Like, I've seen so many people become very, very successful and get a lot of power. And, and the inevitability of that has become one thing is that, you know, like I was alluding to earlier, money is just going to make you more of what you actually are. And when you're not a complete human being, it is just going to expose that big time. And and I don't want to get to any certain level that where that is going to thrash me when I'm not supposed to be there. It's like, we, we you know, there's this concept in the United States with the lottery. You know, a lot of people win the lottery. Like most people who win the lottery end up broke yeah yeah. why is that because they had no business having that amount of money because they don't know the responsibility that comes with it yeah i like that because that's something i think of now as well is like like if you can imagine just like picture scenario in your life now and like like you said before like failure wasn't an option and like everything in the world was just easy and was just given us straight away like we didn't need to go to gyms we didn't need to push ourselves like we didn't need to train our body and mind like you said before we just win the lottery and we could just like get like our best bodies, modified bodies that we want, look and feel amazing. Yeah. And even just even if we just had all the knowledge we want as well, like that, what would that do to a person's yeah. character? Yeah. Like what, you know what I mean? Yeah. What 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 would that do? Like oh, you just yeah. all of a sudden became ripped and shredded and fit, and you could run a marathon yeah. and you could lift a lot of weight and you could do all this stuff, but you had no concept of how you got there. So how would you maintain that? You, you know what that to me, Brian, you know what to me that sounds like? It sounds like someone when they buy an amazing flash car and they drive it around for a, a month and it's like the best thing ever. And then what happens after that? Gets bored. Yeah. And people would do that with the exact same thing if they were genetically modified and had a, an amazing body. They could run up Mount Everest and back down. They could swim under the ocean for 25 minutes, whatever it is. They would get bored of it. Yeah, they would get bored because they haven't got the character or the understanding of the journey that goes with achieving something with high value. Yeah, it's like it's all about the journey. Yeah, yeah. like climbing Everest is a journey. Yeah, um, a great body is a journey. Achieving a great mind is a journey. Yep, 
we all, and that is the most important part of it, yep. is the journey. Yes. Because it teaches us the character inside. Yeah, and I think that's a lot with the technology. You know, I mean, we've got all this stuff, like, with technology that's telling us how we should feel. And it's like, dude, you're not going to end up in a good place because of this. If you've got something telling you how, you're, how you feel versus actually understanding how you feel, you're just buffering off everything that literally you were designed to be able to do on, on this journey and, and, and enjoy the ride. And, and no wonder why it's such a clusterfuck. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful thing, though. Like, we'll all have a different journey and we'll all have different lessons to share. Yeah, it's beautiful. but it's all yeah. one thing in the end. It's all just love. Yeah. It's all just love, man. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, it all comes down to, to one thing, and it's love. And, and and is it weird that, like, anybody who's on these real deep journeys and, and everything figures that out? Like, it's the same yeah, thing yeah. every time, you know, which is great. Yeah, definitely. Brian, I was wondering, like, what have you learned along your journey? Like, what have you found out most about who you are? Um, that, that this is a journey. <laughs> um, <laughs> The, the, there's no arrival, man, you know, and that, yeah, yeah. And, and the sooner you figure it out, like literally I think life is the shortest thing that, that, that I've really come to understand, you know, and I don't think that this ride ends right here. And I, and I, and, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not a deeply religious person at all. Um, I'm, I'm, I consider myself pretty spiritual. Um, I, I take, I take a lot of the concepts of, of things that I've learned, whether it be Christianity, Buddhism, or, you know, Hinduism or whatever, um, you know, and, and you apply that stuff and you start to really extrapolate the commonalities of things that you experience in your own life. And, you know, it, 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 it literally has just become this ride of like, wow, like mm-hmm. how I was, I just got out of high school, but that was like 20 years ago. Like, I remember that like it was yesterday, you know, and it's just like, you know, I couldn't wait to be 21, you know, in the United States, you get to drink when you're 21. And it was like, I couldn't wait to get there and it couldn't come fast enough. And the moment that happened, it was like, almost like it just, everything sped up, you know? And I I ultimately think that if, if the same matter and the same stuff that exists in me exists at the far end of the universe, how is it that this ride ends with, on, on some little planet and, and for me to think that I can understand all of that in this lifetime, you know, there's just, there's no way. And, and so it's just, we're, we're on a very, very small ride here and it's just a very, very short period of time. Um, but it's all one thing and it's all connected. Mm. And I think this ride, Brian, brings us to a, like a lot of lessons, what we'll learn about who we are and what happens. And I think like the biggest lessons are the ones that really stick in the mind and change the course of who we are but do you what do you think are the most challenging lessons that you've learned along the way and what was one of the hardest life lessons that you had to learn um when i was about 20 when i was 23 um i had i had been in the military i was in the navy um i had done a whole bunch of other stuff i had been asked uh i i was i was medically discharged from the navy um, and it was more or less for a drinking problem, um, you know, and, and that was at 21. By 23, I had worn out my welcome with my parents who had been supportive my entire life. I'd worn out my welcome with my friends. Um, I, I had nothing. I was living on somebody's couch. Um, you know, I, I just got to a point to where there was just really no options. And so I had to sober up. And what, at the time, that was probably the, like, that, and I can look back on my life right now, and that was easily the catalyst for everything that literally got me to where I'm at right now, because I had to literally clean my shit up. Yeah. Straight. And, and, but I also had to create a, an identity out of that. And, it, and when I did that, I also felt there was also this, this, this thing that wasn't right about that. And, and, and that took some years, but, but it, to, 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 to really understand even deeper, but that started a process for me in trying to learn more and actually apply and feel 
and you know, I I know myself an alcoholic or a drug addict. Um, you know, I, I I would talk all the time about when I when I got sober, like in meetings or when I would speak places about how you know drugs are bad, alcohol is bad, and this and that. And it's like that's not even true. Most of yeah, the times yeah. I had on alcohol and drugs were fucking phenomenal, and and I did a lot of fun stuff. It just so happens that most of the sh- the shitty things that were happening in my life at that time were connected to that as well, and it's how it was being used. And I don't I, I don't drink. I have no need to really drink, as it you know being a toxin and 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 not just the way you feel after it. But but yeah. but I don't consider myself an alcoholic or a drug addict anymore. But I don't think I'm cured. I just think I'm human. And the fact is, is I've seen all the exact same traits. And everybody I've ever worked with or I've met or I've come in contact with or spent enough time with that I found in every single alcoholic or drug addict that I met or, 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 or found or whatever. And the fact is, is we're all human. We're no different. And, and alcohol and the, and the whole alcoholic drug addict thing was this whole identity thing of we're special and, and we deal with things differently. And the fact is, is they don't. We don't. Everybody deals with shit the same way and and when you decide to make that conscious decision of not having an identity to attach to you it, it becomes very empowering and understanding of not letting that literally what we were talking about earlier with that logical mind to start to yeah. override all that bullshit that you're not dealing with or you're trying to stuff down and and that's that was the reason why I got to where I got because I wasn't dealing with things and I wasn't communicating with things and I wasn't doing things in that manner so that became kind of a catalyst to getting me to where I went. And lo and behold, you know, then I'm an ultra runner and I'm running hundred mile runs and I'm, you know, people are like, why, what are you running from? And it's like, what are you talking about? What am I running from? You know? <laughs> and then it's like, Oh, I guess <laughs> there is something I'm kind of running from, you know, and I wasn't dealing with a lot of things and I didn't have a life. And I, you know, I'm not saying that other people need to go and make these, you know, connections themselves in the same way. But I will say this is that the, the more awake you are to all this stuff, the reality is, is that you don't need to use these things in the manner that I necessarily use them. Yeah, 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 definitely. I, I love that. I was a, po- a really powerful answer. I love that. But uh, Brian, I was wondering, like, it's, this is a bit different type of question, but like, in all your years of like training the body and mind, have you like come across anything that like really annoys you, or you just want people to know the truth about like a certain thing, or even like any misconceptions in the area of like the body and mind? Um, that there's limitations to things. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. you know, yeah. um, I, you know, look, I, I, I teach mechanics from, from, from an understand my understanding of how nature provides, you know, these buffers to things, you know, and pain being one of those things. But, you know, I'm, I'm not teaching to try and be right, but, you know, I do get into a lot of, uh, back and forth with people who, you know, will say, you know, like for instance, we talk about, Landing on the ball of the foot. Well, you're not actually trying to land on the ball of the foot. You landing on the ball of the foot is a byproduct of good mechanics and understanding feeling and being in your body correctly. And the fact is, is when you do that, that's how you're running well. When you run, when when you're not running well, you tend to heel strike and you tend to do other things and, 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 and all this stuff. And, you know, we'll get into debates with people like you can heel strike and heel strike. How come it's done by some of these elite level athletes? And it's like, I'm not saying you can't do it. Oh, the human body is an, is an amazing machine, and it'll, it'll physiologically adapt to just about anything. Go to Las Vegas. You can watch that any day of the week. You know? yeah. um, but I, I think the misconception of is we're limited to things, and we start to look at things from an outside perspective of like, or, or we, need out, you know, we need outside help to do things. You know, like there's this new thing. This guy's going to the Dead Sea to see if he can train athletes there to break the two-hour marathon, right? And it's like, so you can gain 5% access to more oxygen. Well, what if you were actually breathing more mechanically efficient? And then the question comes up, oh, you don't think that, you know, an elite level marathoner is breathing mechanically efficiently? No, I don't. I don't think anybody's really breathing as mechanically efficiently as they potentially could. So there's always variables that you can change. And there's always things you can make little changes to. And, and you know, if you can raise somebody's pH a little bit, you've just buffered off CO2. So, you know, you've just created a a better reaction to things. And it's like, who else is thinking about stuff like this? Where are we thinking? Are we not? Why aren't we thinking about this stuff? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I I just think, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. You were. I I just think (laughs) creating limitations to what we can do 
does just that. And that's exactly why there's only been a 20% change or so in marathon times and, and a lot of the regular sport, working sports that we see. We don't see these major changes over 100 years. Yet you take extreme sports and you look over a 10-year period and there's basically not even a percentage point you can put on the changes that are happening. I mean, if, if you've ever skateboarded, I mean, who remembers the McTwist when that happened, you know? And, right. and, and it's like, what are they doing now? They're doing like five or seven times that. And it's like they didn't even think that was possible when somebody did the McTwist. And the fact is, is they're just doing things now because these people are putting themselves in vulnerable places and, and exposing themselves to real things and what nature can deliver and, and, and utilizing that and, and not setting a limit on it. And it allows us to get further. Mm, definitely. And it brings us amazingly into this as well. And you touched on it before. And it's like on the other end of the spectrum of the body, it's with all this new advances in our technolo technology, it's given us this, these enhances, especially in finding out more and more about the body and mind. How do you think the rise of technology is advancing humans' potential? Yeah. Um, well, uh, I, I, I'm hoping it gets people to a, a play. Uh, well, in the end, we're going to get everything we want anyway. We're going we're gonna to get it all and that and you know Laird who I brought up a couple times he always brings this up and he's like my mom had a saying that God gets even with everybody all the time and he and he does and, and, and God does it by giving you exactly what it is you want and you know I, I think that we'll, we'll inevitably get to the place we need to get to whether that's by error or whether that's by getting people to understand how to feel better um you know, uh, getting using technology can, you know, look, uh, technology allows me to make this to do this podcast right now and drive into L.A. And, and be somewhere. Right. And, and so I get to share information or share kind of what I'm doing. And maybe that'll inspire a few people to go and continue with their life and, and do something with their life in some manner. Right. So that's a great thing. And it's getting more more of us to feel more. Right. But when we start to use it to tell us how to do something like let's just take nutrition, for example, like I'm looking for somebody to give me the answer on nutrition. There is no yeah. there is no answer. Right. The, the commonality with all these diets out there, whether you're paleo, whether you're vegan, whether you're, you know, you know, high carb, low carb, low protein, high protein, high fat, low fat, doesn't matter what fat, you know, like the commonality of it all is that it comes from real food. So there's the similarity. So eat real food and figure out by yourself and feeling how better you feel. How does your gut work? Is diarrhea a part of that? Because if it is, that's probably a signal that it's wrong, right? Figure that out. Like get your gut in order. Make sure you're working, for, you know, how do you feel throughout the day? Are you uplifted? Are you, are you happy? Are you lethargic? What's going on? What made the change? What didn't? Oh, my God, there's just so much to think about. Yes, there is. And you're designed to understand it all. So mm -hmm. being able to get information and do things and, and so that you can apply it in your own life to learn from it, I think that should be the, the goal of technology, you know, to feel what works and, and, and understand what works. And, and, you know, everybody likes a little convenience at times, but don't let that convenience override your ability to learn or to fail. Mm, definitely. I think, uh, I think uh, right now, like many people are waking up. Yeah. And they're really opening their eyes on training, the body and mind. And like you said, with the internet, we're starting to see so many different aspects of training getting recognized worldwide and we can actually see it we can view it and it's it's such an amazing time to live like we're not just reading it in a book or just seeing a picture we're actually watching it on the screen yeah yep it's exactly right it's also it actually makes me wonder as well like when we're actually seeing this is is this also influence growth as well for the person behind the screen because they're going to see it and they'll be like that's what I'm going to try. That's me. That's what I've been wanting to do for ages, but I couldn't find it. Yeah. And that's where the it, that's finding us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how we're using it. Well, that, that, and that, that is how it should be used. It, it, it's just like the money and power thing. You know, if you've got the ability to use technology, use it in a manner that's going to help you, not going to, you know, pull you away from what it is that you, you know, should be doing on your own. Mm. 
I think as well though, Brian, like the internet as well, as well as it's been an amazing tool. Yeah. It's also been misused as well yeah. because so many people are actually looking at things which a misconstruction their growth. Like they're not, they're not really. They'll get distracted easily, and they'll look at certain things. And there's so much idiotic stuff on the internet as well, as well as all the yeah. great, amazing stuff. And it also it might deteriorate their growth as a human. So, oh, yeah. like I said, good and bad things about. Yeah, I was gonna say as well. I, I love it though how like more people are waking up, and there's more methods and information now coming to surface. And like like you said before, obviously look at Wim Hof. It's just inc- it's absolutely incredible what he's unrevealed to the world. Like just there's so many like amazing great breakthroughs just like that as well. The body and mind, what we're now capable of, it's just truly incredible time in my opinion. Yeah, one hundred percent. And Wim Hof wouldn't be anywhere without technology. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, here's a guy who was just fucking around in the snow in the Netherlands and you know mm-hmm. breathing his brains out and figured out how to get somewhere that everybody else is spending you know twenty years trying to figure out. And, you know, it's amazing. And then because of technology, we can get that information out. And here's this, you know, wild man, you know, who's running around showing people how to breathe and and get to a place to, to, you know, be able to handle life and deal with so many things. And it's such a great tool. You know, it can be such a great tool. And then there's people who just think that making money is the solution. And I'm going to do whatever it costs to make money on the Internet and, you know, whatever. And it's like, OK, you know, I, yeah. you just either the, the thing is, is that, you know, you guys don't have a problem with this. And I probably I don't really have a problem with this. And, and maybe other people do. But it's like understanding what where you're at and being conscious should should be yeah. should be able to give you a little navigation anywhere you go. Like, if you don't have people in your life that are doing what you're doing or being aware like you're being aware or trying to get to be conscious like you're trying to be, then it becomes this dangerous place. But it, but if it isn't, if you've got these tools, you literally can just do anything you want. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. And speaking of tools... Oh, sorry, Brian. No, no, I was just grinning. Go ahead. <laughs> I was thinking it just led us on brilliantly there because we started talking about tools and and I know you're all about tapping into human potential and human performance junkie but what maybe are the top three things or tools that you do on a daily basis to get the best out of your own body uh, easy the meditation breathing um, heat or stress um, and, and, and heat, heat or cold stress um, are, are great too um, training is great but I think also is having somebody in your life, regardless of it being your your wife, your 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 husband, um, or a friend, people in your life that are willing to not just be your yes men, but are willing to be somebody who's conscious and awake like you are, and and, and be able to have these deep conversations with and, and talk about these things. They're 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 very needed in your life. Yeah. Hard to find them people as well, though, aren't they? Like, you've really got to have a, such a deep connection. Because so many people, when they make, just want to be f- friends with someone, they'll be like, yeah, yeah, you can do it, you can do it. But it's a, it takes a real friend to actually see it. Yeah, To, for to sure, hit the reality sure. on someone. Yeah, like, you really can, like, you really can do it. Yeah, I know. Um, Brian, I want to ask you this. this. is a bit different type of question, but I was wondering, like, I want to ask you this. Like, what do you think, like, will be possible in the future? Like, what do you think we'll find out about the body and mind and what it's capable of? I I just I don't I don't think we even can comprehend that. Um, Yeah, yeah. And I and I and I think it literally comes down to, you know, just not putting limitation on on what it is we do, and and not create like I I realize that there's end games and things that need like you need to have strategies to get places in business and like goals and all of that. I don't mm. think that goals are a bad thing, but I do think that putting a limitation on where you're going is potentially a very, very negative thing. Mm. Brian, I actually read it. I read somewhere before that um, it was a scientist that came out and said they're looking um, that in a th- thousand years, or it might be a hundred years, um, that will break the eight, eight second, um, hundred meters. And I just thought that's bloody. Wow, that's amazing. That's fascinating. Yeah. Like, how, how, like what would be next? Well, what? when you stop looking uh, at why, like how to compensate through emotion, because that's largely how mechanics is taught. Like literally in the school system, 
and everything is like, this is what they're teaching at the university level is how to compensate by running. Like the compensation patterns of running versus actually what is it we've got to work with here? You know, what, what, what are the, like, you've got gravity, you've got electromagnetism, you've got all these things that nobody's really thinking about. And how do you, what are the, like, why does a cheetah run the, why, why don't cheetahs run differently? Why don't, like, why, why, why do cheetahs all run the same way? But, but human beings tend to run differently, right? So, yeah. you know, are we looking at an elephant, for Christ's sakes? I mean, an elephant runs the same as an elephant. A zebra the same <laughs> as a zebra. They don't have all these different movement patterns, and yet we tend to think that there's just these ways of doing things by com- compensating through it that we're going to gonna, gonna get faster by compensating. Yeah, yeah. That's like, make, that's like winning the lottery, like we said, you know? You, you, mm-hmm. you win the lottery, you're going to lose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brian, that, that, that comes in perfectly because, like, keeping on the theme of, like, what's next, I was wanting to ask you, like, in the next 50 years, what do you think, like, would be possible? Like, what do you think? Is it, like, the next stage of, like, human evolution? Uh, I think we're on it right now. Yeah. I, I, I think this level of consciousness thing is getting to a point to where, you know, the 60s have finally buffered off so much. So, you know, where, where the 60s really fucked things up because people really started using <laughs> yeah. the drugs in a manner that, that wasn't exactly, you know, a, a, a responsible way of using them, where we're starting to see more and more people using them on a responsible level. But the consciousness, they're trying to really achieve this consciousness level. And I'm not trying to predicate, I'm not trying to connect this to drugs. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 I do think the '60s really gave consciousness and awareness a really bad name, um, and now we're getting to a place to where people are really doing this without the drugs or without these things, and being open enough to really be aware of what's going on. And, and there's there's just this shift that's happening, and even I'm feeling it. You guys are feeling it. Yeah, Everybody's yeah, feeling it to where we're really starting to open our eyes and you know the older generations are finally fucking i I don't mean to sound (laughs) negative but they're dying (laughs) off you know and and this whole you what you want to say they're dying off finally and i mean my, my parents generation is finally starting to wear off where it's like you do things this way you don't do this you don't do that you know you're, you you go to church on Sunday and, you, you know, whatever. It's like, I'll go to church when I want to go to church. If I want to yeah, go to yeah, church, yeah. you know, um, whatever. It's just like, you know, uh, we're starting to really, you know, like like getting your news from, from the television. Like, that's really a great way, great, great way to keep yourself unconscious. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> keep, the dumb, keep dumb the fuck down. Eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. And now moving on to you, Brian. What vision do you have for the future? What would you like to accomplish? And even what message would you want to keep providing to people on this planet? Uh, just to feel, man. I, I think it really comes down to feel. Really, to, to the ability to start somewhere, wherever that is. I think breathing is the easiest way to get there because yeah. breathing allows you to really start to... If, like the, the onion concept and peeling an onion, mm-hmm. being conscious of your breathing allows you to literally peel that ugly layer of the onion and it, it, it starts that process of consciousness and really getting into what it's like to become truly aware of yourself. Mm. That's a perfect answer, that Brian. Beautiful answer, that. Perfect. Yeah, just staying consistent with that will literally lead you to where you need to go. <laughs> because you're, yeah, okay. you're going to become, you become aware of something, right? And then you start to become aware of more and more. And you start to understand and like it because you're actually doing good for yourself and others. And, and that's ultimately what it comes down to. And this is, this is where in, in human performance, I think the most important work can be done is when an athlete starts to realize what they're, they need to be doing things for others. Like, what are you doing for other people versus just doing it for yourself? Yeah. yeah. 
And that's, that's in a great note to finish the podcast on. So, Brian, all we left to say is where can people find you and what are you currently working on, brother? Uh, XPTLife.com is where we're kind of we're, we're putting everything we're doing. And um, it's uh, I, I have the it's a business I've created with Laird Hamilton and Gabby Reese and my wife's involved. And, and we've got all these great things we're doing where we're, we're adding the breathing and, and bringing life, a lifestyle approach to all this stuff. We've got the breathing, we've got the heat, the cold, the training, the getting out, out into nature. Um, we've got these experiences that we're doing, which are just ways for people to come see exactly what, what you know, I'm kind of talking about now. You know, all this stuff I've been talking about, we put into action at these mm-hmm. things. So that, that's where we're at. Yeah, I'd just like to say thank you so much for being on the podcast, and I'm sure we've just expanded some more minds, because that was, that was absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. Oh, you guys are welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, Cheers, thank bro. you. I think the greatest of people that have ever been in society, they were never versions of someone else. They were themselves. themselves. That's the great tragedy. People employed in ways that don't fully tap everything they do best in life. Deep down in your heart, you know that you're not living to your potential. And life is now something you're just getting on with. I look around at people so often, they're so unhappy, and I think the reason is that they don't ever win the game of life. It's a game they feel like they can't win, like they're always losing. And the reason, number one, is they don't know the purpose of the game. That's why people wake up in a rut. Their life has no purpose, no meaning. They're not mourning people. I'm just not a mourning person. You're not a mourning person because you're not living in your purpose. See, you hate waking up because you're waking up and you don't know the reason. You're waking up and you don't have no design in mind. Just stop and think about what's most important. Think about why you're here. You are here for a reason. There's something for you to do and be here. Take a look at what burns on the inside of you. You've got to find what you love. What burns in your heart is important for you to pay attention to. Because it never goes away. Start to realize there is something inside of you that is never ending. There's something inside of you that is unchangeable. And that's the part of you that knows what is right, what to do, and why you're here. The only way to be truly satisfied is to love what you do. As with all matters of the heart, you'll know when you find it. The most stable thing that a man can do is to listen to his heart and to follow it. Have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. They somehow already know what you truly want to become. But you see people successful soaring by and you want to soar. But you got to jump. You got to find something within. And when you find out what your why is, you don't sleep day or night together. People who are running toward their dreams, life has a special kind of meaning. When you find your why, you find a way to make it happen. When you truly need something, you can find a way. And you stop at nothing to reach it. What you will realize is that you have greatness within you. What you'll realize is that you're more powerful than you can ever begin to imagine. We're all dying. What are you dying to do? What is your true purpose on this earth? The two most important days of your life 
the day you were born and the day you learned why. Thanks, guys, for taking time out your day to boost your consciousness. But, guys, we really need your help. If you're loving the podcast, please pop over and leave us a review and tell us what you think. And also, don't forget to head over to our website at ascendbodymind.com and check out our amazing gallery of other great episodes. Thank you and have a great day. And join us next week in the next episode. Peace 